scripture reading today is in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The word of the Lord. Well, it's been two weeks since I have been here, but I know that you have been here, and so I'm grateful that you were here, and I'm grateful to be back with you today as we start a new series on what is the church, what God has called the church to do, and who we are in Him. And I'm excited to talk about the church and what that means. But I do think that before we begin, we should acknowledge that some of us have been in church our whole lives. Some of us think that we know clearly what the church is supposed to be. Some of us have been born, bred, delivered, grown up, and just are waiting you know, for our final time to be in church. And some of you here, maybe this is one of the first times you've been in a church. This is one of the first times that you've sat down or you've just started this process to try and figure out who this Jesus is or what this church is. And so the hope for this series is that by the end of it, we will have a better understanding. We're not going to know it all because we can never know it all. But that we'll have a better understanding of what the God designed in His church. It actually makes me think about that little song that we used to sing when I was growing up where we would put our hands together and we would say, here's the church and here's the steeple, open the doors and see all the people. Now, as a kid that was cynical, I used to go like this and say, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the door and it must be Wednesday night because uh, no one would be there. The reality is we should say, here's a building, it might have a steeple, open the door and here is the church. And so as we dive into this over the next four weeks, we'll be pulling from Scripture four what I think are good characteristics or names or labels that will help us sort of understand what the church is. The first one is that the church is the people of God. Next week we'll talk about the church being the body of Christ. And then we'll talk about the church being a devoted fellowship. And then lastly, we'll speak of the church being the family of God. So I want to jump in first to the people of God today. And Jane read for us 1 Peter 2, these past, this passage. And I want to reread it to you. And then we'll jump back and grab some things that Peter is talking about that are in the Old Testament and bringing it forward, reminding us that the Word of God is not just all these different books, even though that is what it is, but that there is some continuity, there is some movement within it, that it is the overall story of God and His relentless pursuit for us. So let me read these verses again. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, 
that you may proclaim the excellences of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Now, interestingly enough here, Peter, he pulls us backwards. He takes us back to the nation of Israel, to the people of God that were chosen. And so we can go back to Exodus. Uh, we can go back to Exodus chapter 6, verses 2 through 8, where we see God calling people out. We can go back to Hosea, where we see God saying, I, you once were a people without a God, but now you have a God. You once were a people who did not receive mercy, but now you have received mercy, where he changes Hosea's, the name of his children. Uh, flip back to Exodus 6 with me. In your Bibles or on your devices. Probably easier on your devices. It was interesting, I heard Silas talking about that last week as he was jumping around in the book of Romans. Exodus 6. Starting in verse 2, it says, God spoke to Moses and he said to him, I am the Lord and I appeared to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob as God Almighty. But, my but by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Cana, the land in which they have lived as sojourners. Moreover, I have heard their groanings of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. And I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the burdens of Egypt. Exodus 19, starting in verse 6, says this, as he's getting ready to introduce the Ten Commandments. He says, now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples for all the earth is mine. And you shall be my, to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of the Lord. And so what we see here in Peter is he's not creating something new for us. He's not saying that in the past there was this and, and now there's this. Now, why is that important to us and why is that a blessing? Well, I think it's a blessing because we often get enamored with new things. When something is reissued or redone or something is improved upon, we think, well, then it must be better because it's new. What this reminds us of is that God has continually and always consistently been working in a way to gather his people up. That this is not some new thing that Peter's talking about, but it is what God has always been about. And that gives us surety. That gives us security. It says that in this world that sometimes seems chaotic and crazy, in this world that sometimes seems like there's not an answer, that there is something consistent that God has established. And that is 
his people. Now, you're sitting there thinking to yourself, but the church seems awfully wishy-washy a lot. Those people that gather together that say they're the church, they often seem like they're going to and fro. They often seem like they're not that consistent. If you've been in the church a long time, I want you to say amen. Amen. That's how we are. If you've not been in the church and you're trying to figure this out, let me say, yes, that's who we are. Oftentimes people say the church is full of hypocrites and we say, yes, at least that should be our, we've got room for one more. <laughs> Come on in because we all live lives in that way. But what we see in Peter and what we see in Exodus and Hosea and what we see in Isaiah and actually through all of Scripture is that God is continually moving to gather His people together. That it's His movement. Now, the great thing about it is it sets us in two things. One, it lets us know about who this God is. That He is a God of relationship. It says, I want to know you. I want to understand you. I know and understand you because I created you. But I want you to know and understand that I know and understand you. Try saying that fast. I, I am the one who created you and I have your best interest in heart. Not just so you will be successful or blessed or whatever it is the latest hashtag might be to come out. But that you will be and know who you are. And who you are is my people. And I am your God. But not only that, he expands it out and says, not only am I your God and you're my people, but it says you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That we're not living in isolation, that we're not by ourselves, that we're not all alone. That God, in fact, pulls us together as his people so that we don't have to face this life by ourselves. That God brings us together in community. He brings us together as these priests, as this nation, as this race. Now the hard thing for us as people who want to be the people of God that he calls us to be is it means that our identity changes. We've talked about this a lot. Our identity is no longer the one that we build ourselves. Our identity is no longer the things that we attach to ourselves as important or significant, but our identity becomes God's identity for us. And so what does he call us? He calls us a nation. He calls us a chosen race. He calls us a royal priesthood. Look, that means that as a nation, our political stances, our causes that we might feel important are important to us, they're not the ultimate definition of who we are. Right? So sometimes when we have a cause or a political party or whatever, it seems to envelop us and make us who we are. We think that's the most important thing. And, and so we believe that God is for our cause, but all of a sudden our cause becomes our so he's saying, no, no, you're a nation, my nation, the nation I've built. So we have, we, we're not, God's not opposed to you choosing a political party. <laughs> he's not opposed to you having causes. It just can't be the thing that identifies you because you're his nation. If you're his people. 
It also says race. Now, this is a hard one <laughs> and very dangerous to step into. Because there are things that we identify with ourselves based on our race, our nationality, our ethnic background. And those things aren't bad. As a matter of fact, they're God-given. God placed us in those things. He brought us into the families that He provided for us that have an ethnic, racial background. And so we should celebrate those things. It is not our ultimate race. We are chosen by God. And He has made us a chosen race. Now the beauty of it is that God brings those things together and He causes His name to be magnified in them. That's the reason why we know in Revelation He says that every tribe, every nation, every race will come together and bring glory to me. So we don't have to put it off, but we cannot lift it over. The fact that as God's people, my ultimate race, my ultimate identity is Him. For some of us, our job and our occupation is the most important thing about us. Not everybody. But I know stories of folks who have lost their job and they have just not known what to do with their life. They've transitioned from one thing to another thing and they've lost their way trying to feel where that is. That's, that's normal. But Peter reminds us here that our ultimate occupation when we are people of God is to be priest, a royal priesthood. Now, what does that mean? To be a nation, to be a race, and a royal priesthood. That says, yes, what you do, the, the work that God has given to you, you need to do it with joy, and you need to do it with honor, and you need to do it with reverence for Him. But it's not the ultimate thing that you're called to do. The ultimate thing you're called to do is be His priest if you're God's people. So what does it mean that we're about? But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Look at how he claims us in. That you may proclaim the excellences of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So ultimately, as the people of God, our occupation, our race, our identity, all is about proclaiming the wonderfulness of God. That we are singing out and speaking out and living out His excellence, who He is, that He is a God who seeks to save, that He is ever loving, always pursuing His people. He can't wait to have you and get enough of you. And so our job is to be the ones as the people of God to do that work to proclaim him so how do, how do we do that <laughs> i think there's three ways that we can all line up in love with the word love the first thing that we need to do is we need to love god 
Now, that means we need to find out more and more about who God is. If, if you love something, if you love someone, you want to know more and more about that thing or that person. And so that means we gather together in Bible studies. That means we come and gather together on Sunday mornings, not just so we can see each other and have a cup of tea afterwards, but hopefully that we receive the Word of God and it teaches us more about Him. That our conversations with one another should be about what is God doing in your life and where he is. Now, please hear me. Don't feel shame if you're not doing that, okay? Because we do it. You just maybe don't know that you're doing it. We, we speak to one another about who God is and what he's doing in our lives and it causes us to fall deeper and deeper in love with God. Not out of selfishness, not because we think to ourselves, well, as long as I keep talking about God, then God will love me, but because we know that God loves us and is ever pursuing of us, and we can't help but get enough of that love. And as we get enough of that love, as we keep growing in our knowledge of that love, and why wouldn't we love him? Look, we weren't a people, but now we are a people. Look, we had no mercy, but now we have mercy. We were lost and in darkness, and now we're in the kingdom of light. His love pursues us and moves towards us, and in turn, we fall madly and deeply and recklessly in love with him. And it changes the way that we live, and it moves us to the second way that we proclaim. Because if we don't love him, then we can't do the second thing. And that's that we love people. We love those that he created. We love those that he made. We love those that he loves and that he pursues. And so part of the way that we proclaim God's mercy, that we proclaim his movement of light, is that we love those that are around us. Now, we love our family members, even though they're difficult. We love those that we come on the street, that we encounter, that scare us. We love those who are within our body, who are part of the gathering, not necessarily our gathering, because we all get along here that maybe we don't get along with. Even within the people of God, this is the most amazing thing to me, is that we love those that we disagree with. And we don't even go the step further, which I have a tendency to do, and say, yeah, they're like my weird uncle, so I don't really agree with them, or I don't think that they're right, but they're part of my family, so please just sort of ignore them as much as I try to ignore them. That's not love. Love is that we engage. Love is that we step in. And we say that even though there might be a disagreement here, it will not cause separation. It will not cause me to build up little bricks of hostility. Because we know that God, when he called us to be his people, it was a reconciling movement. It was causing us to all come together. So we love God and we love people. And then I think the last way that we do this is we love life we love life we see the bounty in the goodness that god has given us even in our trying times and we seek to find the places where god's mercy continues to break in to this world because it's not stopped breaking into this world 
It wasn't a one and done kind of thing when Jesus died on the cross. His mercy explodes out of that and can't help but keep moving out. And it causes us to recognize the good things that God is doing and the good things that God has provided. And the beauty that God has in the diversity that he has developed and created in us. That there are things that I can enjoy about life that you might not. And there are things that you will enjoy about life that I would think, wow, how do you do that? And that's okay. Because God is the one who can bring us to an understanding of where it brings him glory and honor and praise. And so we love life. We face each new day thinking to ourselves, it's another day to be the true person I'm supposed to be. Not that I'll force myself to do that or make myself to do that, but that I am one of God's people. That that makes me his priest, his chosen race, his holy nation. And that I am to proclaim his goodness as he moves us from darkness to light. And again, it's nothing new. We saw it in the very beginning that God was moving us here. And it's nothing new that just as the nation of Israel was called to that and failed miserably, we as the people of God fail miserably. But, but Jesus has accomplished all of Jesus is the one who makes it possible and has made it possible and is moving us to having this be the possible for us. So one of the things that you probably need to recognize when we are talking in this series about the church is that two things are happening. There is a both and that is taking place here in these sermons and in our conversations There is the fact that these statements, these words from Scripture that we'll be reading are aspirational. They they are things that we are aspiring to, right? So we can read these and go, yes, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, chosen. We're priests, royal priests, yes. And we can aspire to them. There are things that we can look at and go, yes, that's what we need to become. Because we're not always that. But both and. At the same time, they are statements of fact. So they're aspirational, but they're factual. They're truth. Because God has said them about his people. And when God says them about his people, it moves from aspiration and is solidly reality. And so with our eyes, we might not see it completely. But... When we speak of the church, the gathering together as the people of God, we speak both as fact that it is that, and we speak in aspiration. Lord, make us your people. What does it look like when this love of God and this love for people and this love for life and this stepping into the reality of us being the people of God as a church, what does it do? What does it look like? This weekend, uh, I had a little over 24 hours to spend in Margaret River, which is great. That's talk about enjoying life, loving life. That was good. 
But last night as we were watching the sunset, sunset over Sugarloaf Rock, you could see Camp Naturalist, uh, Cape Naturalist Lighthouse. And as we got there, it was still light out. There was cloud cover and it wasn't, you know, pitch black. And there was sun shining and you would see a teeny flicker of the light, just a little bit as it was going. And we were talking and paying attention and climbing up rocks, maybe going where we shouldn't have been. And uh, the sun kept going down and it kept getting a little bit darker and a little bit darker. And there was a point in that that we said to ourselves, we probably ought to get back to where we need to be while there's still a little bit of light. And we did that and it just kept getting darker and dimmer and darker. But as we looked towards the lighthouse, the light got brighter and brighter and brighter as it shined. As a cynic, I'm pretty optimistic. <laughs> Maybe a little both and there too. And there are those who say the world is getting darker and darker. And that might be the case. But when the people of God step in to being the people of God, loving Him and loving others and loving life, our light gets brighter and brighter. Even more so, as the darkness dims, the light gets brighter and brighter. Even more so, as troubles dim, the light gets brighter and brighter. Even more so, as it seems like all hope is lost, the light gets brighter and brighter as it shines and it calls out protection and it calls out pathway and it says this is the right way this is the place to avoid and that's what we do as we say love God love each other love life that God has given to you and we go back to this passage in 1 Peter that says that you will proclaim the excellences of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Let's pray. Father God, you are awesomely good to us. You pursue us to no ends. And we praise you and give you glory. We ask that you will hear these words and that these will be your words. And if they're not your words, Father, that you will cause them to blow away and burn up. But if they are your words, that you will cause them to take root in our hearts and bear good fruit unto you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.